You're listening to the Believe in Dog podcast. I'm your host and resident dog mom, Erin Scott. If you consider your dog a family member, then this podcast is for you. Let's celebrate the love and connection we have with our dogs. Not only can a dog be your best friend, but I believe a dog can be a healer, a teacher, and an inspiration. This is a place for us to connect in the joy of loving our dogs, and also a place where you know you're not alone in the difficult times or in the sadness of missing a dog that was an important part of your life. I can't wait to share with you stories of how the love of a dog is changing our lives and changing the world. This is Believe in Dog. Welcome to Episode 5, Part 2 of the Believe in Dog podcast. I'll be continuing my conversation today with John Frank of Bark Today Dog Training. So if you haven't listened to Part 1 yet, I highly recommend that you do so as it'll probably make a lot more sense. Thank you for your patience with me as I had some technical difficulties and was not able to get this posted by December 15th or 16th, which had been my original goal. At one point, I was really freaked out and actually thought that my whole computer had taken a dump on me, but it turned out that there was just a corrupted track somewhere, and luckily I was able to recover everything. It's very scary. I'm kind of new to all of this. I did not know anything about audio editing six months ago, so 2019 has been quite a learning journey uh, for me. So again, I appreciate your patience. Um, I also wanted to make sure I said happy holidays to everyone. I'm recording this the weekend before Christmas, and uh, it's usually a very stressful time for me, so I hope that you're enjoying it and will have some great downtime and enjoy your time with your family and friends and your dog and enjoy the holidays as they are meant to be enjoyed. I was really bummed out that I didn't get a chance to have holiday photos done with our dogs this year. That's been one of my favorite things to do these last couple years. Um, I did post some photos on Instagram of our some of my favorite holiday photos of us with our dogs from the last few years. So I hope you enjoyed looking at those. And also I posted a photo of my favorite wreath which says Mary Pitmas and has uh, representations of all of our dogs past and present. It's literally my favorite thing. It was a gift from my mom a few years ago from pitbullprincess.com. If you're interested, go get one for yourself. My favorite thing is that you can customize the look of the dog ornaments so it will match your dog. So if you get one, tag me in the photos. I'd love to see them. It's literally my favorite part of Christmas every year is when we get to hang up the wreath. If you have some awesome dog-themed holiday decorations at your house, I would love to see them. So you can shoot me a DM or tag me in the photos. I would love to see how everyone includes and represents their dogs in their holiday celebrations. And if Penny and Nina will cooperate on Christmas morning, I'll even try to post some videos of them opening up some of their gifts in my IG stories. But let's get on with our interview with John Frank. Today, John and I will be talking some more about the challenges of dog training. We'll talk about divorce and dating with dogs. And one of the first ways that John knew when he met Amy that she was going to be a keeper. And it involves dog vomit on a second date. And then we talk more about John's dog training philosophy. He talks about the number one most important thing that owners need to remember when training their dog. The three words that you don't want to hear your dog trainer say the importance of learning your dog's body language, and some resources and thoughts about where to start if you are struggling with your dog's behavior and what you should be looking for when finding a dog trainer. 
I'll also post links in the show notes to some of the different resources that John and I discuss. So let's get started. So John, what would you see as the number one challenge to being a dog trainer? Because so much of it I see is, yeah, just the people not doing anything. Like we have our session, we work on stuff, you know, I show them how to do things and, you know, make sure they, they kind of basically know what they need to do, you know, and, and then they just don't, they just don't do it. Because it's really the, the person has to be consistent and the yes. person has to be follow through. Yeah. Right. So I'll tell you a funny story. With our old dogs, our old girls that have both passed away, Lucy and Kalua, towards, especially as they got older, you know, they didn't like to go outside um, to do their final potty break um, <laughs> before bedtime. And my husband, our Kalua, had um, some orthopedic issues uh, toward in her later days. Mm-hmm. And so she would kind of groan and be like, oh, I'm comfortable. I don't want to get out there. <laughs> and so it got to the point where Tim would have to pick her up and carry her outside every night. And, you know, so and we started giving them a treat when they would come in is sort of, you know, that was the, you know, the bonus that they got, the reward right. that they got. And so, you know, so not only did Kalua learn that, you know, Tim just, she just had to groan and Tim would carry her outside and then she would come inside and get a treat. So first they trained us, you know, to do that. Of course. So then as we have now adopted Penny and Nino, um, we had continued, especially with um, Penny, because she's another one who, once she's comfy at night, she doesn't want to get up and go outside. I can't blame her. Yeah, I'm the same way. <laughs> and uh, so we had started, you know, kind of luring her when it was just her home with us in the beginning um, with, you know, she would get a treat when she came inside at night. And then we started that with Nino. Nino is too darn smart for his own <laughs> because he has learned to work the system. And so every night he will start bugging us that he wants to go outside just because he knows he gets the treat. And so he'll do this. And then 15 minutes later, he's bugging you again. And 15 minutes later, he's bugging you again because, and every once in a while, he will have a poop accident inside and he will have been trying to tell you that he Mm. needed to go out. But I'll be, I'll think that he's, you know, like basically trying to game the system. Right. And I'll, what's, um, (laughs) the boy who cried wolf, like I'll think, you know, that he's just bugging me to get the treat, but no, it turned out that he had a poop. So now (laughs) I take everything very seriously because I don't want to have to clean up poop inside the house. And so, you know, he's just learned like all he has to do is start bugging me, you know, nosing me, come, you know, if I'm reading, he's coming up and, you know, putting his big old head in my face and in between me and my book or, you know, and you know, that he just has to keep bugging us and being annoying. And then we'll go outside, (laughs) you know, we'll let him out and then he gets a treat and he just keeps working the system. And, you know, and they have just trained us. Yeah. (laughs) And, um, and I've had to sort of, keep that perspective, you know, of it when I think about, you know, people who have, you know, issues with their dog, like, you know, that the dog, either you train the dog or the dog trains you. Um, and that that's, you know, a really, um, I don't think that everybody gets that, you know, um, right. And I think that that's where the disconnect is a lot with understanding what a dog trainer actually does is they're teaching you to do a technique, 
you know, and that you have to be repetitive and consistent with the dog, you know, and otherwise the dog will, you know, it's like a child. They'll take, you know, try to take advantage. They'll push the boundaries, you know. Um, So, yeah, I can imagine that, you know, being a dog trainer, as much as it is working with dogs, it's really about working with people, too. And that's probably the most challenging part. No, absolutely it is. And you, you said a lot of really good things, which I, you know, really wish that, that more people would understand. I mean, yeah, dogs thrive on consistency. It's, it's how they're built. So, like, when, you, when you're working with them, you know, you have to do these things each and every time. And, yeah, you know what? It sucks at first sometimes. Like, oh, I don't want to stop him from, you know, chewing on, on that furniture leg. But, like, as long as you keep doing it, like, they learn. And then eventually it's just like they know, okay, I'm not going to get away with that. So I'm not even going to do that anymore, you know, to, to, to in a more complicated way. Because, of course, that's not how their brains are working. But, yeah, um, you know, and, and I some people, I don't, for whatever reason, they just don't see that. You know, it's just like if, and I always try to stress that with people, you know, that like, you know, just be consistent with it and it's going to take a lot less time. The more consistent you are, the quicker that they all learn it and, and, and it'll stick. If you give them opportunities to, you know, to do something you don't want them to do or not to do something you want them to do, they're just going to realize, eh, I don't have to take you that seriously, you know, and I can just say, eh, I can just, you know, basically tell you to screw off. You know, an- another nice thing that you said w- was that it's not necessarily like this quick, easy thing. You know, I really wish it was. I'd love it to be. It's not like, you know, uh, well, I'll just download this app and this will take care of this problem. You know, unfortunately, again, th- these are these are living creatures. Um, they're not a mechanical object. Things are going to be different with every dog. You know, sometimes these things are, are not easy. But I guarantee that if you just get through that hump of of doing that stuff, if that's really, you know, that much of a big deal to you, uh, you know, just consistently doing something, whether it's be, you know, teaching them sit or teaching them to, you know, not jump on the counter that once you do it and, and stick with it, they will learn to, to not do or do those things. Um, I forget who it was that said it, but embrace the suck, you know, um, you know, just, just embrace that, 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 and it, you know, it will get better. I've seen it time and time again. And, and in the grand scheme of things, most of this stuff is, it's not difficult. People think like, Oh my God, that's amazing. And it's like, I mean, yes, it is. Don't get me wrong. But some of, some things are just very simple, but it's just that you have to do it a lot of times. Or you just have to make sure you do it every time. So it, it, it is important. And, and I get upset and discouraged a lot because I see a lot of things online, which, you know, I probably should not do. But, you know, just people, there's, oh, I don't know what to do. And, and you tell them and they don't do it. And they're like, well, it's the dog's still jumping on me. And I'm like, we've talked about this. Like I, you know, and I'm trying not to be kind of a, a know-it-all dick about it, but, but, you know, it's just like, I've told you how to fix this or work on it. I don't want to, I, I try not to say fix because again, these are living creatures. You can never, 
guarantee you can never fix you know quote unquote a a, a creature um you know you can certainly make your relationship better um and then therefore they respect you more uh or or just you know respect that relationship but you know uh, things are always going to happen where you know uh, neurological things biological things that that are going to happen where they might you know backslide on some things but you know, that's actually a really good point uh, that I've heard, that if your dog suddenly has a change in behavior that's unexpected, that one of the first things you should do is have them checked out by a vet to make sure that it's not a health Absolutely. issue. And yeah, I mean, it can be health, it can be neurological, um, it can be all sorts of things. I mean, it can be just as simple, It, it people think like, man, that sounds crazy, but it can just be as simple as just your routine changing. Um, you know, that's just, they're, they're so in tune to us, you know, we have lived with them for thousands of years. This is why we have this connection with them. Unlike any other animal on the planet, something as simple as, you know, like feeding them half an hour later or something like that, you know, I'm just throwing something out there can, can change a behavior and, and people, but people don't think about that. They're like, Oh my God, something's wrong. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. You know? And sometimes it's not major, but sometimes it is, you know, health wise. But yeah, I mean, think about, again, people forget about these things. Um, I try, I try to use a lot of human analogies, you know, with, with the dogs because I'm like, you know, think about this, think about that. You know, like, like when a dog's in pain, not to say that their behavior should be excused, but when a dog's in in pain, not feeling well, something like that, like think about when you feel like shit, you know what I mean? Like you might be crankier or you might blow up at somebody that you wouldn't normally uh, blow up at or, or uh, whatever it is that you're blowing up them about. You might not normally do that. Right. So it's the same with dogs, you know, you know, and then there's also some people too that, you know, kind of, they think like, oh, they're going to train their dog and they're going to, um, uh, oh, I want my dog to be perfect. Well, you know, there's no such thing. The point is, um, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of factors that go into it. It's not always a simple thing. Sometimes I feel like we have to pick our battles too. Yes, absolutely. So like in our house, we are not the world's most regimented, strict (laughs) people all the time. But the one thing that I do have for dog manners in the house is around um, feeding. Sure. And so... That's a good idea. I like, you know, I I want them to wait at the edge of the kitchen while I'm getting their food together, and I don't want them to go and eat their food until I tell them to go eat their food. I don't want them underfoot. I don't want yeah, them, you know, fair. while I'm getting the food together. And so, you know, that's something that, like, we have worked on you know, um, both Penny and Nino are great about it now. And if they start creeping into the kitchen, like <laughs> I'll just put the food bowl down and yeah. walk in the other room. And you know, you're not getting dinner right now. Then you know, until everybody can behave. And and so that's like something that I always I'm like very proud of, right? Yeah, right, right. But like God no, help us if somebody comes to the house because you're getting jumped on. <laughs> like, <laughs> 
sorry, that's just how it works. <laughs> like, we don't have a lot of people at the house, right. and so it's not something that happens all the time. And so, it, when it does happen, it's kind of chaotic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? and I mean, and 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 that's not necessarily bad. I, you know, a lot of people worry about stuff a lot, like they're embarrassed, you know, by by things or whatever. And I'm just like, look, you know, or or like, oh my god, what do I have to do? What do what do I what do what do, what, do, what, do, what does my dog have to know? Blah, blah, blah. Your dog doesn't have to know anything, really. I mean, at the end of the day, as long as you're happy um, and the dog's being cared for properly, I should say, uh, you know, and, and, and the dog's not like, you know, legitimately like stressed out and, you know, overly anxious about things, you know, like if the dog is happy, then like, then that, that's okay. You know, I have to do stuff like that. But, and yeah, that is true. That's very important too, is, is yeah, pick your battles because yeah, you don't have to, you know, your dog doesn't have to have a rock solid down, you know, like if you're just not that interested, cool, you know, like nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Pick your battles, do the important things of for your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. Your lifestyle and the dog safety and all that kind of stuff. I mean, the feeding thing's really good because, uh, yeah, I do a thing with the feeding. Um, I want them to eat when the food's put down. I'm not a fan of the free feeding. There's a lot of people that do that. I don't like that. I don't, I have never had a dog that would leave food in a bowl. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's weird because there are people that do, um, which is always, you know, very interesting. Uh, but most of the time there, there are people that like leave the food out all day type deal, you know? I like, I mean, ours just inhale it. Like, yeah. No, uh, I mean, know? that's yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's some dogs that just, that don't do that. Um, and some dogs just aren't all that food motivated. Penny, who is extremely food motivated, the one thing that for her, she will walk away from a bowl of food if she thinks she gets to go for a ride. Because yeah. her car rides and sticking her head out the window, she, loves that. Like she will walk away from a whole bowl of food. And if you've ever seen her take food, like she does not walk away from food, you know, but she will if she thinks she can go for a car ride. They're so funny. And just yeah. such individuals. Yeah, Alex, absolutely, yeah. And I think people forget that stuff sometimes, unfortunately. But uh, So how has being a trainer um, affected your relationship with your own dogs? I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely improved it, you know. I mean, I always have stuff to work on every day. We were pretty good before. Um, you know, there were certain things that I just kind of knew common sense-wise, I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> You know, but now obviously I'm a lot more in tune to certain things than, than I, you know, than I used to be. Did either of them like have any behavior issues no. that you had to work on? No, not really. I mean, Hexy's always been a little shy around new people. And, you know, to be fair, I haven't really, you know, hammered on that uh, to, to, to work on it. But, um, uh, but neither of them have had like, you know, any behavior issues. Um, I mean, Hammer has always been just a complete you know, goof and very friendly to everybody. Um, he just, he wants to see every person possible. We often joke that, you know, well, hammer's not going to protect me. If somebody breaks into the house, (laughs) he's going to go up and lick them, you know, excuse me, sir. Do you have any peanut butter? But yeah, no, no, they never really had any, um, real behavior problems, you know, just, just other things that minor things that I, that I worked on with them really. And some of those things I think are like a lifestyle, like, you know, for your house or your routine or your, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I changed the way, you know, like I do feedings and, you know, and, and 
how they get treats and things like that, you know. Um, uh, I mean, uh, fortunately, I mean, overall, they've been really uh, super easy dogs. Um, I mean, Hammer is a, a, a socialization rock star. Um, I can bring pretty much any dog to him and uh you know pushy dogs he just runs away from them he doesn't interact he doesn't you know he doesn't get pushy back he doesn't care uh but other dogs that are shy um you know or or little you know standoffish or whatever he will try so hard to get them to play he will give them all the signals um, you know, and very appropriately, like he doesn't push them, you know, but he's just giving them a lot of play signals. Like, come on, come on, man, let's play. Got the butt you know? up in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the play bow type thing. But yeah, yeah, just mostly stuff for, you know, my lifestyle. Like, yeah, just changing what, like, you know, things that they can get into or not get into or whatever, or, um, you know, door, door control and stuff like that. Yeah. Real, real minor stuff. So I know that, uh, you had told us earlier how you and your ex-wife had adopted the two dogs. Yep. And uh, I know that you went through a divorce. And what I actually think is a very funny story uh, is that I would see you through volunteering pretty regularly. And I never realized that you were getting divorced <laughs> until way after the fact. And I was like, how is it that I see this guy and never realized that he was going through a divorce? And, and then I felt like a terrible person because I would have wanted to have been there for You're you, not. you know. So I was curious how you ended up with the dogs and the divorce. <laughs> was there ever, you know, was that a decision? Um, well, um, uh, how I ended up, she's no longer alive. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm just teasing. I'm kidding. Uh, no, it was just, um, kind of, uh, you know, uh, I, I really lucked out in a lot of ways. Um, uh, you know, I need to tell myself that more often, but, um, <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, we had a house, uh, she was the one that decided to leave, um, and uh, so she was just like, I can't take one or both of them. You know, um, you know, she had moved into an apartment somewhere. I don't know whether it was they didn't allow dogs at all or they didn't allow dogs, you know, that large. Because um, that's how these people are getting getting around the breed specific stuff. Yeah. So which is bullshit anyway uh but she's like yeah i mean she's like i just you know she's like i want to but i just i can't take them you know or, or one of them you know since i was staying in the house um that's pretty much <laughs> how i ended up with them which i'm sure was perfectly fine with you it was perfectly fine with me yes um i don't know how i would have handled not seeing uh one or both of them you know, either infrequently or at all. I mean, you know, we're, uh, both of us are totally fine. Like, you know, we, uh, we don't hate each other or anything like that. Yeah. I, I don't know what I would have done. Um, as much as I miss them for very short periods of time. Um, I mean, there'll be days that I'm gone and I'm like, God, I really miss the dogs. I haven't even been gone a full 24 hours, you know, <laughs> You know, so I'm trying to imagine going days upon days or however long. I I don't know, honestly, how I would have handled that. I mean, I know I would have, of course, but it just would have sucked a lot more. (laughs) 
So as you started uh, dating again, was it important to you to find someone who would be cool with your dogs? And like, were you going to use the the dogs? Like some people will say, you know, if my dog doesn't like someone, you know, I'll trust that. Like, was that ever something in your mind as you started dating again? I, um, well, I mean, obviously I wanted to make sure that the next woman was, 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 you know, cool with dogs. Um, so, you know, if, if there was something that hinted at them, uh, not liking dogs or just them flat out saying they don't like dogs, uh, then that would have definitely been a no go. Cause guess what? You get me, you get the dogs and then you get all the other accompanying stuff that comes with it. You know, the dog training, the be more dog stuff. So, dog, 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 you're not going to escape it. Um, but you know, as far as the, the using them, uh, no, I mean, I wasn't going to, you know, use them as a gauge. Uh, now of course, you know, if there were problems, uh, you know, and the dogs were freaking out in some way, then, okay. Yeah. That I, if that had happened, you know, to occur, then yeah. Now then I might have been like, hmm, I don't know about this. But you actually ended up meeting Amy, yes. who is super duper awesome. Yes. And has been a big cheerleader for me uh, in starting this whole podcast of mine, which I'm very appreciative of. And so luckily, she likes dogs. <laughs> she she loves dogs. Uh, she loves a lot of animals in, in, in just in general. And I believe that there's a very funny story about yeah. the first time that she met your dogs. Is that right? Yes. Um, and, and I just want to also uh, reiterate your, your saying that she's super awesome because I agree. Um, there's nothing better than women who support and encourage other women. That and uh, for me, too. Um, I've, never, I've never had anybody in my life that's... been behind me as much as she has so you know it really means a lot but um yeah so we had uh we had chatted over we were using the ever so sweet okay cupid and uh we had you know chatted a little bit and and over that and uh uh, decided to just go get coffee one day as, as cheesy as that is. Uh, but you know, just a nice little quick thing. So, you know, if you, things weren't cool, you could you just be like, out. peace out, you know? Uh, so, you know, we ended up meeting for coffee and, uh, you know, we, we were there for a while. Um, and then, you know, uh, me being the, amazingly smooth and not socially awkward at all person that I am. Uh, you know, I was like, okay, all right, we'll see you later. And she's like, you, you want to do this again? You want to sit and talk shit about people? And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so get in touch. And so we decided to, uh, she's like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a nice park, you know, not, not far from my house. And you know, you want to take the dogs for a hike? I was like, yeah, that's a great idea. You know? So, uh, I packed the dogs up, uh, one, uh, I think it, I think it was a Sunday, um, and drove up to her house and picked her up. And then we, uh, you know, so she met the dogs, you know, immediately as soon as she gets in the car and then we drive over to, to the park and we park and hammer kind of like, uh, comes up and, and leans on the console and pukes on her. 
So <laughs> not really like a full puke, but like a, kind of a spit up type thing. But but still, um, I mean, you know, hindsight, very funny. I just love that. At the time, not funny. But uh, it was chosen. Yeah, she was. You know, as 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 kind of gross as that is, because yeah, it's not fun. Um, dog vomit is still to this day one of the worst things that I can expose myself to. Um, <laughs> I will pick up poop and mop up pee all day, but dog vomit, oh man. Anyway, uh, it is just, it makes, there are not many things that make me like gag or like almost want to vomit. And that is one, that is one of the very few things, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it was just funny to, for that to happen. Um, but you know, it really spoke to, you know, her character because she just was like, Oh, she's like, Oh, thanks buddy. Or something like that, you know? And, uh, you know, she just kind of wiped it off and just went along with the day, you know? Um, you know, she wasn't mad. She wasn't pissed. She wasn't, you know, like, God damn, you know, she, it was just like, you know, Hey, that kind of shit happens, you know? And she understands that. So, you know, but yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. And it was, it was just a nice thing to see, you know, her reaction to it. Right. That she didn't freak out. Yeah. 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 And I knew she would be cool, you know, from, from that point on with, with the dogs, you know, no matter what. I just think that that's such a great story. It is. (laughs) It is. It is. So I believe that you are not working at the shelter anymore. Correct. And you are doing your business, your dog training business on the side. Yes. And your company is called Bark Today. Correct. So where can people find you and contact you? I'm all over the internets. Um, but no, I, I, I don't keep up with the accounts as good as I should, but, uh, you know, I'm on, I'm on the Facebooks and, um, and I'm on uh, Instagram. I do have a Twitter account, but I never seem to use that. Um, I don't think people go to Twitter looking for a dog trainer. Yeah. So. I, well, that one, I just kind of like, I just, I claimed it cause I wanted to make sure I claimed right. the name, you know, more than anything, but you know, I'm just at bark today on Facebook, uh, on Instagram. I'm at, bark underscore today and of course i have a website where you know you can contact me barktoday.com you know i have a training application and stuff on there for people to fill out just a general and uh questions and stuff like that do you find that people contact you more because they're having a specific problem or do they want sort of to do a general class and learn general obedience like oh, i just adopted this new dog uh, most people, and it's probably just because of the, the, the path that, that I, that, you know, got into it. Uh, most people seem to be like, they're having a specific issue. They're having like a problem or problems. Um, and they're like, okay, I need to, you know, fix this or make this better or address it or whatever. Um, most people that, that I've come in contact with are, are, yeah, they're just not like, oh, I just, I want to learn all the obedience stuff. You know, I want to do sitting down and stay and, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, and you know, sometimes with the, those issues that people have, um, you do end up working on some obedience stuff, um, you know, to, to help with the, the problems that they have. But most of the people, yeah, they, they're not super interested in doing all the, the obedience type stuff. Is there like a common, you know, problem that you hear about or is everybody's problem like very different? Um, no, 
I mean, there, there's pretty, I mean, obviously, yeah, there's differences, but I mean, there's fairly common stuff. I mean, a lot of stuff is, is jumping, uh, you know, leash walking, um, uh, you know, and, and partially, uh, you know, pit bull types seem to be really prone to this. You know, a lot of people are dealing with leash reactivity. So, you know, their their dogs see other dogs or people or other critters, you know, squirrels, things like that out when they're walking them. And they kind of freak out, you know, or, or what they feel is freaking out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Nino could rip my arm off my body if he saw, like, two squirrels at the same time. Right. That That's a, that's a pretty common one. Um, you know, those are the big ones, um, really. Not 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 much else as far as you know common you know big common stuff. So um, yeah, just jumping and and the leash walking, not listening. Because once that like once they get that adrenaline rush or something you know that they see that triggers them, you know, yeah. just saying you know down boy, you know, right. like they're not even hearing yeah. you anymore. And so this is something that, you know, I've really been pushing to that, that a lot of people will approach dog behavior as if the dog is a human. And, you know, I, I'm really trying to show people that, you know, we have to think like them because guess what? They're not human. They're smart. Don't get me wrong. And... And I know a lot of people think that they're smart, but I think uh, some people don't give them, don't think they're quite as smart as they really are. You know, the dogs, not the people, you know, so you have to, you have to look at it as, uh, you know, the, the dog. So like you're, you were saying like, yeah, um, having a dog sit there and freak out and trying to tell them things like that doesn't help. Um, they're not listening to you They're Um, and, and some cases that's going to make the situation worse because they're just going to become more amped up more and more amped up, you know, especially as you're and like if you're and you too, absolutely. That's yet another thing I'd stress a lot. You know, your actions and attitude and energy you know, um, I always joke with people. I'm like, I'm not trying to be all like, yeah, man, like your energy, man. Like, um, no, I don't mean that, but in that way, but yes, your energy affects this. Um, and man, that, that sort of thing really hit me, really hit me at the shelter. The difference I saw when I just went in to kennels, like I did not care you know, like if a dog was barking at me crazy, you know, or, or being kind of, you know, standoffish, you know, and just me being just calm, confident, that makes a world of difference. And it's hard for people to understand that. I get that, you know, and it's hard not to, to, to want to put human thoughts onto the dog, you know, cause that's our only way of relating. Right. And it makes sense, you know? And I don't say that stuff to make people feel bad about it. I'm just like, hey, I get it. I understand that. But, you know, you have to think like like they do, you know. So, um, you know, and, and the, the leash stuff is, is really, it's, it's frustration. They're not being aggressive. They're not angry. It, it's nothing like that. It's just, it's frustration. And that's how they're expressing their frustration. Just like we express our frustration by doing various things, you know. 
we punch holes in walls, uh, you know, flip tables, things like that. Uh, you watch a lot of wrestling. Uh, I do. Yeah. Uh, or well, I used to not as much anymore, but, uh, but you know, that's how they're expressing their frustration. It's almost, it's almost like a temper tantrum. Yeah, Cause they're like, I want to get to that now, whether or not they want to just interact with it or kill it, that's, that's two different things. Um, you know, like, like a squirrel, you know, okay. They might want to go after that squirrel to kill it. Right. But that human, like they might just, they just want to say hi or, you know, interact with that person. So it's just frustration. And then if the dog is frustrated and then you're stressed out, you're frustrated. You're making it work. Right. Right. It's like you're exacerbating it. It's like self-fulfilling prophecy. And I understand like it's, it's a hard thing to do. I mean, and again, people, everybody's different. Some people are just naturally calm and those people kind of frighten me sometimes, but you know, some people are just very chill, like, like all the time. Um, but you know, other people aren't, you know, it was hard for me to learn to, to, to be that way, you know, to say like, don't react to that. Don't, you know, don't get frustrated with it. Don't, you know, get worked up. Don't yell. Don't, you know, do this kind of stuff. I mean, it, you know, I had to train myself to do that sort of thing. Um, and to make that situation better. Um, I mean, I see it a lot of times, uh, you know, walk into people's homes and, and they're just like, why is my dog not doing this thing that it always does? You know, why is it not jumping all over you? Why is it not doing this or that or the other thing? Because I just walk in and I just, I act like the dog's not there, you know, but I'm trying to set that tone, you know, plus the dog doesn't know me, but yeah, you getting frustrated as much as I know that feels like that's just naturally how you do it. Cause we're all human, but you have to try to change your way of thinking. Another one of my mentors, Nelson Hodges, he runs this place now called the Canine Human Relationship Institute. Um, and he does strictly relationship-based stuff. Like, he doesn't do obedience type thing. It's all about the relationship between the human and the dog. But anyway, uh, you know, he says uh, one of his... He has a couple things that he says a lot, but it's definitely true. If you want to uh, train your dog, shut your mouth. Because a lot of times, as humans, again, natural human thought and behavior is to just kind of like talk to things, you know, cause that's how we communicate or one of the ways that we communicate. So that's what we do. So we're always, ah, you know, we just talk to the dog constantly. And so his thing is stop. You got to build the relationship, not the talking. Yes. Dogs understand certain words, but they only are, you know, correlating them to something that you've paired it with, you know, and they can understand somewhere around like 200 words. But, you know, it's just constant talking. And sometimes that talking is reinforcing bad behavior, you know. So he also will often say, you know, the dog's just looking at us like, you know, because we're just a chattering monkey, you know, um, because we're just, you know, the, to the dog, it's kind of like, um, you know, the Peanuts uh, cartoons, you know, the teachers. Wah, wah, wah. Exactly. So that's what we sound like to the dog. It's just womp, 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 sit. You know, so they aren't, uh, you know, our words, for the most part, mean nothing to them, you know. So that's why you have to work on that that relationship aspect of of it. So one of the things that I, one of the big learning experiences for me with dog behavior was actually 
when we had Lucy and then we adopted our second dog, Kalua. And being able to see how the dogs interacted with each other was a huge learning experience for me of how they communicate. And, um, and because we are primates, you know, monkeys and we, you know, touch things with our hands and, you know, that, that that's not how dogs, you know, communicate. And, um, and then just something funny I saw the other day, uh, I was sitting at lunch at this outside, uh, courtyard area and a lot of people will bring their dogs, um, to sit with them. You know, it's like a coffee shop kind of area. And so the way that this guy was sitting, um, his dog was kind of at the end of the sidewalk where the sidewalk makes like a 90 degree turn. So people would be walking towards the dog face on because then they want to turn and go up the other sidewalk. But approaching a dog face on, like he would lay down and then somebody would come up and he would jump up and kind of be like, you know, are you threatening me? (laughs) Because just the way that the sidewalk was and the way that he was angled, the people were coming at him head on. And in dog, you know, language, that's kind of a threat, you know, it's confrontational. Yeah. And so I, I. I was watching this, you know, like the whole time I'm sitting there eating lunch and it was so hard for me. I wanted to be like, can you just like, if he had just sat in one of the other chairs, you know, so that way everybody wasn't constantly coming at his dog, you know, but it was like, it was stressing me out. But I'm like, this poor dog is like all stressed out that everybody's like, you know, trying to threaten him, you know, and I'm hearing that in my head is like a Beavis thing. Are you threatening? Are you threatening? Yeah. You're for my bunghole. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, it's, it's, and people will be like, I don't know what's going on. And, and, you know, a lot of times, um, people will ask me about something in relation to like body language, you know, and I'm always like, you know, I really need to see it, you know, cause you can explain something perfectly as a human, but they may not know what to look for, you know? And I say that, you know, not to, to sound cocky cause that, that's just, that's not at all who you are. That's not my way. But, you know, like there are, there are such little tiny things that dogs do that, you know, I mean, most understandably, most people don't know because they haven't studied it and that, that's fine, you know, but there are just tiny little things and I'll be like, oh, you see that right there? Like that's this, that, the other thing, right? And like you said, with the dog behavior, you know, it's, it's such a learning experience because their communication is a lot different. With each, and other. with each other, right? Well, and with us too. I mean, they read our body language uh, better than we read each other. I mean, we do read each other, of course, and much better than we read them. Yes, yeah. yes. And so, you know, they know the differences between like how our body is. You know, I mean, they know the difference between you know you walking out the door to get the mail and you walking out the door to go to work. And you think to yourself, like, there's nothing different here. I'm just walking you know, but there. there's something that is different about you physiologically, uh, you know, body language wise, scent wise, whatever. But yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to watch them interact with each other and pick apart how they're interacting and, you know, what's how they're right and what's yeah how they're communicating what's um you know like some and some dogs just like humans are are better at it than others you know um some dogs are a little weirdos and and not to get off on a tangent but like that is something else too like a lot of people think like oh my god my dog's got to be friends with everybody you know and all this kind of stuff no they don't i mean you know like it's okay your dog doesn't have to like other dogs 
they just need to exist in the same space safely. That's it. And, and, and which is always possible, but yeah, like dogs don't have to be best friends with everybody just like humans aren't, you know, but then there's some dogs that are, you know, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's fun to, to watch that body language and, and pick apart, you know, the differences between, you know, kind of what's, you know, playful versus, you know, not playful. And like you were saying with that dog in the, the corner and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing that, um, that, that, that guy Nelson stresses too, you know, at the end of the day, dogs are still predators. So, you know, we do certain things to dogs that is predatory behavior. And it's only because of our extensive human, you know, human and dog relationship that, uh, we don't see more dog bites because people do things that are, very confrontational, very uh, predatory. Not meaning to. Not meaning to. Absolutely. No. Yeah, absolutely. Their intentions are totally, you know, 100% pure, but, um, but they don't realize that. And But it's for, like I said, that, that, that history of human and dogs that they don't bite us. You know, they don't like it and they will give you signs that they're uncomfortable and people, some people don't realize it. And that dog was probably uncomfortable, I'm guessing. But like, yeah, there's just so many like simple little things you can do when you're like, you know, greeting a dog and which I know you're familiar with because we when be more dogs done the uh, humane education stuff you know about teach yeah teaching children. the kids how to appropriately greet dogs right yeah uh, i mean i mean there's just simple things that you can do is just like even just twisting your shoulders just a teeny little bit like because you're not coming straight at the dog right things like that yeah it's 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 crazy it's little nuances a lot of times there was a book that somebody had recommended to me years ago now called Calming Signals. Yes, that's a great book. I cannot pronounce the author's name. Neither she's can I. German she's, or, uh, I believe she's or, Swedish or she's Nordic of some sort. Yeah, it's a name that yes, I, I'm don't, terrible Don't worry about it. Yes. I got you. But it's a really great book. I got it, it right is. off of Amazon. And just things like I thought were really interesting that I never knew, like when dogs will like lick their nose, that that can be like a very small sign of like, oh, I'm starting to be a little bit stressed yep. or uh, sniffing uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the ground, like kind of moving away from you and sniffing an area could mean, oh, I'm uncomfortable and I want to act like I'm looking at something over here. Um and uh, that's, I think that's a really great resource for people. Oh, it's great. It is. Do you have any other uh, great resource recommendations? It's, it's a lot of pictures in it, too, which is really good because it shows you the exact example. Um, and, of course, you know, nothing's better than actually seeing it for yourself. And, and, and obviously, sometimes it's hard because dogs do the things really quickly. <laughs> so sometimes you, you just miss it, you know, because like, we're human. Uh, and, and I will say I discovered that book from, from Brian George again from uh, the guy from barks um he told me about it when i was a volunteer and he was like oh you should really read this book it's really good that was one of the first major things that i learned about dogs was that and that was just like it was mind-blowing to me yeah um because that really showed me the just the very tiny little things that they do that can mean something big um you know resources you know it's it's always difficult because 
because there's a joke amongst dog trainers that uh, you can talk to uh, you know five different dog trainers and you're gonna get five different answers for you something. What's really funny is I actually have that written in my notes here to um, see if you agreed with um, that. One of the quotes I've always heard it as is the only thing two dog trainers can agree on is that the third one's wrong. There's that one as well. Yes. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I, you know, I try to t- I take a lot of a common sense approach to stuff. You know, I mean, there's a lot of good stuff out there on the internet. The IACP has some really good resources as far uh, for the public, um, as far as like some training videos and things like that, um, and. Uh, which uh, they're at canineprofessionals.com. Um, not, there's also a police organization that's called IACP, so don't get confused about that. Uh, <laughs> but um, the IACP is really great for that kind of stuff. Um, you know, you can look up IACP trainers, and, and I mean, I pretty much recommend that if you can find trainers that are associated with IACP, anything that they're putting out, you know, videos or content of some sort is probably going to be good, good content. If someone's had an experience with a trainer in the past, in the past that they didn't, that they don't think of as positive, I always think that it's worth it to keep looking because yes. there's so many different styles yes. and uh, personalities. And because the trainer is also working with the people, I mean, absolutely, you know, you don't necessarily click with, every, yep. with anyone, you know, so I would encourage uh, anyone that's had a, an issue with their dog and, and maybe had a bad experience with the trainer to keep looking, to keep trying. I, I second that. Absolutely. Um, that's a, another really great point. Yeah, it is. It, I mean, much like, um, I mean, some people joke that, you know, dog trainers are also therapists, you know, that they're also marriage counselors. That's probably very true. It is, because you do have, that the dogs can be a stress in a marriage, of course, absolutely. But um, yeah, I mean, it's the same thing as like finding a therapist, you know, like you don't always click with somebody um, or, or what they're doing or how their approach may not just be working for you. Um, and don't give up on that, you know, and, and yes, absolutely the same with trainers. Yeah, I mean, I try to be as as positive as I can with people, um, and and I try to learn as much as I possibly can to to um, learn how to handle any situation, whether it be human or dog. But yeah, sometimes you just don't click, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, that doesn't make that person a bad trainer. And of course, you know, you see a lot of times, uh, which. I've, probably not going to be a shock to a lot of people, but you know, a lot of dog trainers are socially awkward people. Um, and a lot of dog trainers are fantastic with the dogs, but not with the people. And, and so sometimes that's, that's a bit of a struggle, you know? So just cause you didn't mesh with that particular trainer or whatever. Yeah. That doesn't mean that person's not a good trainer. That doesn't mean you're not a good dog owner or, you know, there's something wrong with you or whatever, or training is crap or whatever, you know? Yeah. You just, just seek it out. There's a ton of options out there. Um, there are, uh, and, and it's it's a growing it's it's growing industry. This kind of training did not exist. Like a lot of this did not exist like twenty years ago. You know, you you, you have many many options out there, especially with the internet. If there's somebody out there who has an issue with their dog that they are embarrassed about or anxious about, or uh, if they 
aren't able to handle their dog well and that that, you know, is stressful uh, to them, what would you like them to know about where to start and that it's okay, I guess, um, and that dog yes. trainers, I guess, have seen it all and, and, and you won't be overwhelmed or judgmental, right? <laughs> right. Um, that's a, man, that's a fucking great question. Um, yes, please. First of all, don't be upset. You're not, you're not a bad person. You're not a bad dog owner. These things happen again. I've said it multiple times, just in this interview, these are biological creatures. There's going to be differences in behavior and personality and everything like that. So you're not a bad person. You shouldn't be embarrassed by it, you know, but if it's bothering you, um, yeah, you know, reach out. The internet is a, is a, both a great and a terrible resource. <laughs> uh, great in that there is a shit ton of information out there. Um, free information, videos, articles, books, blogs, what have you. So, you know, do, do the research as best as you can and don't be discouraged by it. If it's really something that's bothering you, you know, seek the help, find the right trainer. Don't be afraid to, you know, to like, like Aaron said, don't be, af- you know, afraid to, to look for the right trainer for you, you know, talk to family and friends and, and, or if you got your dog from a rescue, talk to the rescue. Cause most rescues have kind of, you know, trainers that they work with or recommend or whatever. It, it is hard sometimes to, it, the information can be overwhelming. And when I say it's also a terrible resource, that's what I'm talking about because there's a lot of information out there. Um, you know, it can be overwhelming and you, again, you can hear multiple things about the same issue, you know, like, uh, advice that like conflicting advice. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So there is a lot of conflicting information. Uh, you have a lot of different factions. Uh, you've got your pure positive people. You've got your, you know, uh, your balanced trainers got your, you know, more just, I don't know, old school trainers. (laughs) Um, I don't know how else to word that one, you know, not Uh, I don't want to get into uh, a methodology war uh, because, you know, people can talk about that stuff all day. Um, There are whole podcasts dedicated to the different training methods. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, so for me, it's, you know, I take people will typically ask me, oh, what do you do? Like, or what is your thing or whatever? Um, You know, I, my, my answer is always, I do what the dog needs. And I think that is really important that there's not a one size fits all. And there isn't, you know, if the the trainer only has one approach as a one trick pony, um, that's not good. Right. That would signal to me that that's not good. And that, um, you know, not every dog, you know, needs to have a a prong collar slap. Um, but I, you know, but also not every dog's going to respond to a clicker. Um, clickers very difficult because it's all about timing and most humans timing is poor. You know, I, I take whatever approaches, you know, what is needed for that particular dog in that particular situation. Um, and sometimes for the owner, um, you know, uh, cause you know, can, can you train a dog on a slip lead? Absolutely. 
But, you know, some people aren't going to be able to do that, you know, because they just they don't know. They haven't had the training, you know, and that's fine. So you want to also make it, you know, as easy as possible for the human. Absolutely. But yeah, I mean, you know, just just find a a trainer that, you know, you're comfortable with um, is explaining things how you how you, uh, you know, need it to be explained. And they're answering all your questions. Um, And and I um, you you don't see it very often, but, um, you know, never uh, I don't not to disparage anybody, but never trust a trainer that has a guarantee or anything like that, because, again, (laughs) these are living creatures. You cannot guarantee behavior. And I'm sorry, but any trainer that says they guarantee is full of it. Um, I will never say that. I will say, yes, we can work on this issue. We can improve it. You know, we can maybe eliminate it, you know, but you know, that it's, it's, you know, you can never guarantee it. Um, so shy away from, you know, people that, that make big claims like that. Um, you know, I think about even just myself, you know, like with certain bad habits and uh, how difficult it is for me to, to break a bad habit, yeah. you know, that I have. It's difficult. Um, and so, you know, dogs, when they kind of learn things, it's like that's become their habit. That's yeah. become their cue. And, you know, you're trying to break that and, and create right. a new right. thing. And, you know, just think about how difficult that is right. for yourself. Absolutely. And so I just try to keep that in mind, you know, with myself, like how difficult it is to get me to do something new that I don't like or haven't done or to, or to stop doing something that I've been doing for a long time. And, you know, that we have to be gentle with ourselves. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah, And I think, you know, um, you know, anything with, yeah, sure. Bad dog behavior can be a little bit harder to break, um, you know, because they've been used to doing it or uh, being allowed to do it or whatever you want to word it. Right. So, yeah, that can be a little difficult sometimes, you know, and, uh, you know, sometimes, yeah, it is a little bit easier with a puppy or, but, um, you know, in relation to that sort of, uh, there's a lot of people out there that think, oh, well, I got to get a puppy cause I got to mold it and do all this kind of stuff. You know, I got to have it since it was born and, and all this. And, and that's just not, not necessary. Are you saying you can teach an old dog? You can, you can. I would always take a two year old dog over a puppy any day, <laughs> like. I, I say that all the time. I, you know, I will certainly help people with puppies and I know, you know, I mean, I know how to do it. And, uh, but me personally, um, I don't want to deal with it. You know, I'd rather have, give me the dog when it's a year right. old <laughs> and I'll go ahead and, you know, fix any bad behaviors or whatever that come with it. But, um, yeah, there's just a certain people. There's just that mentality of like, Oh, I have to have this, you know, I don't, I don't want a dog that's a year old. Like, that's too old. And like, no, it's fine. You know, you, you, you pick the dog that's right for you. And that's something else too, that, you know, uh, again, not to get on a soapbox, but you know, a lot of people pick the wrong dog, um, the wrong breed. Right, like people who want a couch potato dog, yeah. but they get like a herding. Yeah, yeah, they'll get a hound or they'll get, yeah, a hunting dog, yeah, or uh, they'll get a Malinois, for crying out loud. Um, 
And, uh, you know, you have to know which, what you're kind of getting into. And not to say that, you know, again, every breed, of course, is going to have its lazier one. You know, it's your more energetic I mean, still breeds are still going to have your lazier ones. But, you know, that's probably going to be harder to find. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have to, you know, know what you're getting into and, and make sure you're, you're getting what you want, not going just by looks. I know that's difficult sometimes, um, you know, but... Um, but really being honest with, yeah. with, you know, yourself, your right. lifestyle, what's a good fit. Perfect. That was the perfect way to describe it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Being honest with yourself. And, and as I've gotten older, I've done that a lot more like, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I'm just not even going to start this thing, you know, cause I know I'm not, you know? So yeah, absolutely. All right. Last question. Have you ever been bit? I have not well, yet. I think that makes you a good <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, there will some people argue that uh, that if you haven't been bit, you're not doing it right, and there's other people that argue the opposite. So, um, you know, I mean, I certainly have been close, um, uh, for sure. Um, and honestly, uh, pretty much every single one, except one, that has gotten close has been a small dog. It's always the little it's, ones. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, it's always been like, you know, Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Yorkie, you know, something like that. It's 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 crazy. Um, you know, I always joke with people like, yeah, give me the dogs that everybody's afraid of. Those are the ones I love, you know, that I just, you know, absolutely want to just, you know, be around. Give me the Rottweilers. Give me the give me the pit bulls. I don't care. Yeah, I had I had the client recently that their 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 Rottweiler, big big Rottweiler, was was having trouble. Um, something happened in the home. Their son was having a party or something, and something changed after that. So they didn't want to let go of the dog. They were like, "I'm like, let him go." I'm like, no, he's gonna bite you. And I'm like, if I thought he was gonna bite me, I wouldn't tell you to let him go. <laughs> You know, so, you know, cause they were just so afraid, but you know, I knew like I'm looking at him and I can tell by his body language and stuff that he was going to be okay. Sure. He was nervous, but sure enough, you know, he didn't bite, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's funny. Um, I mean, I'm sure it's going to happen eventually. It's just, you know, law of averages, you know, certainly not looking forward to it, but you know, if it happens, it happens, you know, and that's one of those things where, you know, again, you can't get upset about it and just have to go, oh, well, I did something stupid. Because typically, you know, they're warning you. You know, they give you warning. Of course, they're the dogs that the very, 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 very few percentage that uh, will, will bite without warning, you know. But most of the time, they're giving you some sort of signal like, I'm going to bite you. Because typically, biting is the, the last resort for a dog. Right, it's like a progression. Yes, yes, yes. Usually, it's, you know, avoidance. You know, then they'll warn you in some way. Like growling. You know. Right. Or, or uh, lip, lip lifting. Like a snarl. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, things like that. Right. Then maybe like an air snap or something like that. And, you know, most dogs don't want to bite uh, right off the bat. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, the very, very few that, that do. But that's extremely rare. Much more rare than people think. But But that's probably because they don't they don't understand but that's okay yeah well thank you so much for your time oh, today thank you for having me i appreciate it even though this is weird
good. This will conclude our interview with John Frank of Bark Today Dog Training. Thank you again, John, for sitting down and talking with me and for sharing your story with all of us. I know it was really weird for you. Remember that you can find photos of John and his girlfriend, Amy, and their dogs, Hexie and Hammer, on both Instagram and Facebook. Uh, John and Amy have some of the most awesome artwork that I have seen also representing their dogs and also their whole family. So make sure you check for those photos. I wanted to give you a few takeaway tips from John and I's conversation that the number one most important thing to remember when training your dog is your consistency. The three words that John thinks should be a red flag if you hear any dog trader say them are fix your dog's behavior, guarantee a change in the dog's behavior, or that they can make your dog's behavior perfect. So fix, guarantee, and perfect. You should consider these red flags if you hear them when you're interviewing a new dog trainer to see if it's a good match for you and your dog. Another important thing to remember is that our dogs are always communicating with us at all times through their body language. And I'll have links in the show notes to the book Calming Signals uh, that John and I discussed, as well as the IACP videos and the Canine Human Relationship Institute that John had mentioned. So that's it for this episode of the Believe in Dog podcast. Thank you as always for listening. If you have a story that you'd like to share, you can always reach me. I actually have a new email address, which I'm very excited about, Aaron at believeindogpodcast.com. I've been working on getting my website up and running, so that's definitely one of my goals for the new year. And you can always find me on Instagram at believeindogpodcast with underscores between each word. And on Facebook at Believe in Dog Podcast. I'll put links in the show notes to those as well. If you have a story that you'd like to share about a dog that has touched your life, please reach out to me. And until next time, this is Erin Scott saying happy holidays with hugs and